Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. The Athletic. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the Athletic FPL Podcast. I'm Mark McGettigan. You'll find me on Twitter at FPL General. Game Week 18 is coming up this weekend and at the time of recording there's just five fixtures still on. The deadline was due to be Saturday at 11am UK time but it's now 1.30pm due to the postponement so two and a half hours later. I'll try to make sense of it all on today's podcast. As usual I'll read through the headlines from Game Week 17, do a quick Game Week review, update the watch list, answer Twitter questions and discuss Game Week 18 captaincy and transfers. If you'd like to become a subscriber to The Athletic, visit theathletic.com forward slash FPL pod to avail of the latest discount for new subscribers. The headlines from Game Week 17, the Burnley versus Watford and Tottenham versus Leicester fixtures were postponed after the FPL deadline, which left us with just seven fixtures in the Game Week. Ollie Watkins, who was a popular transfer in ahead of Game Week 17, produced the goods with a goal and an assist against Norwich for a 12-pointer. 4.5 million midfielder Jacob Ramsey was on the score sheet for Aston Villa as well, scoring an excellent solo goal. What a great player he is. Manchester City were ruthless against Leeds, putting seven goals past Elan Melier. Bernardo Silva scored just one point, much to the frustration of his owners. The midfielder was substituted at half-time and has a yellow flag. Kevin De Bruyne scored a brace, which has him back on the FPL menu, while Phil Foden, another popular transfer in, racked up 12 points thanks to a goal and an assist. Southampton forward Armando Broja was another player who scored 12 points midweek, but Southampton don't have a fixture at the weekend. Gabriel Martinelli and Emile Smith-Rowe were on the score sheet as Arsenal beat West Ham 2-0 at the Emirates. The wait goes on for a Mikel Antonio goal and it's going to be even longer because West Ham also don't have a fixture this weekend. Martinelli is interesting at just 5.2 million. He's benefiting from the Aubameyang situation there. Mason Mount made it four goals in four games for Chelsea, but the Blues dropped points against Everton. The game finishing 1-1. Marcus Alonso was substituted before Everton equalised, much to the relief of his owners. While Rhys James grabbed an assist and all three bonus points, big at the back is not dead yet. The popular Liverpool triple-up of Salah, Jota and Trent returned 26 points between them, with all three getting goals in the 3-1 win over Newcastle. Game Week 17 shoutouts. For the first time this season, we have a player getting a second shoutout. So welcome to the club again, Ashley Young from Aston Villa. The hat-trick is on. I've been doing this for a couple of seasons and I don't think I've ever had a player who's got the hat-trick of shoutouts. I remember Pascal Gross was very close a couple of years ago. So maybe Ashley Young 
will be the first player to do so. And I've always said, if a player gets a hat-trick of 59th minute substitutions in a season, I will contact them directly and invite them on to the podcast to talk about it. So keep an eye on Ashley Young for the rest of the season. Hopefully he can be the first ever hat-trick. In terms of minutes for other players, just notable mentions for Marcus Alonso, 64 minutes, but got the clean sheet. Bernardo Silva substituted at half-time, so we need to monitor that one in Pep's press conference. Emil Smith-Rowe was on the bench for Arsenal, played 24 minutes, but that was all he needed to get a goal. Todd Cantwell and Aaron Connolly, two players very close to a shout-out, just about managed 60 minutes each. Odegaard at Arsenal substituted early. He played 65 minutes. And Mohamed Salah, for the first time this season, substituted by Jurgen Klopp. He's played 90 minutes in every other game. In this one, he played 73 minutes. And at Wolves, Huang started the game, but lasted just 15 minutes due to injury. A quick review of my game week. I used my free transfer to get rid of Ivan Tony for Ollie Watkins. So a very nice transfer, that one. Finished on 72 points, which seen my rank go from 31k to 19k, so going in the right direction again. The good and the bad. The good, first of all, Ramsdale continues to deliver, 5-pointer. Trent with a standard 11-pointer. Reese James and Alonso, 8 and 6. Captain Salah with 16. Nice to see Jota scoring for 7. And Ollie Watkins, really, he was the reason I got a nice green arrow. 12 points for the Villa man and the bad. Bernardo's substitution at half-time. Blanks from Bowen and Antonio. I think I'll be selling at least one of the West Ham guys this week now that they don't have a fixture. And I got Rafinha off the bench for Josh King when his game was postponed. Rafinha got me just two points as well. So I wish it was I wish I got Rafinha off the bench last game week when he got his penalty against Chelsea. So overall a good game week. And I think I've got ten players for the weekend. So hopefully that will result in another green arrow. A watch list update now. Quite a few changes made to the watch list following the midweek action. Players removed, first of all, Vladimir Sufal at West Ham because he got himself suspended and obviously West Ham don't have a game now. I've removed Odegaard as well and you'll see why because I've actually added quite a lot of Arsenal players to the watch list this week. I didn't like Odegaard's early substitution and there's quite a few midfielders at Arsenal that I prefer over Odegaard so that's the reason why he's been removed. John McGinn is also gone. I brought in Ollie Watkins and I'm not looking to double up on the Aston Villa attack. I think John McGinn is a perfectly fine option, particularly this week if you're short of players and you're looking for a new cheap midfielder. But I won't be doubling up with McGinn and Watkins. Timo Pukki is also gone. I watched the Aston Villa Norwich game and Norwich were very, very disappointing. So, you know, I like Pukki as a player. Didn't really get many opportunities in that game. Aston Villa totally dominated. So not looking to invest in any Norwich players at the moment. And I've removed Dennis as well. I've got Josh King. Uh, Watford don't have a game this weekend. So it's either keep King on the bench or sell him. So I'm not looking to buy Dennis. Obviously African Cup Nations is coming up soon as well. And we think he might go there. And another reason why I'm, I've removed Dennis from the watch list is, you know, I've seen it last week with people who had Dennis and King up front. I've seen even a few people who had uh, a Watford triple up. Maybe they had Backman as well. And I think, you know, double ups and triple ups are probably best avoided now, especially from the teams in the bottom half of the league due to the fixture uncertainty. So I've got King. I'll either keep him or I'll sell him, but I certainly won't be looking to buy Dennis alongside him. Players added to the watch list Four Arsenal assets. Kieran Tierney. 
Gabriel Martinelli, Smith Rowe and Saka. So Smith Rowe and Saka have been on the watch list previously and now they're back on it. It was an impressive win for Mikel Arteta's side during the week. Tierney, I think he's started three or four games now since he's been injured. There's always a slight concern with him, but his price is very attractive. He's down to about 4.7 or 4.8 now. Tavares played very well while Tierney was out, so I think there's always potential for a better rotation there. And the injuries do probably put me off Tierney, but I think he's he's worth keeping an eye on. Maybe more so when it gets to January and it goes back to one game a week uh, and Tierney doesn't have to play as much. But certainly caught the eye in recent game weeks and he's been getting attacking returns as well. Midfielders Martinelli, Smithrow and Saka. I like all three of them. Um, I think Martinelli is the most attractive now because he's very, very cheap at 5.2 million. Um, you know, we started the last three or four, given that Aubameyang has been out of the picture. And that might continue. You know, Aubameyang might just have to be very patient before he gets back in now. Obviously, he is in Arteta's bad books. And if Martinelli's playing well, he's going to probably keep his place. So very good player. Again, a player who had a lot of injuries over the last year or two. Hopefully he can put those behind him like Tierney. Because if, if Tierney and Martinelli were going to play every week, I think they would be in every FPL team. So Martinelli... Very, very interested in him. Smith Rowe, we know he's been doing it all season. I wouldn't be worried that he was on the bench. Uh, I think he'll start the next one. And Saka, Saka always looks good to me. He doesn't always convert it into FPL points, but he's always very heavily involved in the attack and play for Arsenal. Always gets himself a couple of chances in games uh, and, and probably should have a lot more FPL points than he does up to this point of the season. So all four of those Arsenal guys are in my thoughts. Jacob Ramsey from Aston Villa. Also added to the watch list. I just think he is the best 4.5 million midfielder now. So if you're making a couple of transfers this week, which I think a lot of people will be, you know, some people will be making three or four transfers. And if you need an enabler to fund some other transfers, I think Ramsey as a fifth midfielder for 4.5 million is very good value. Kevin De Bruyne on the watch list for the first time in quite a while. Very impressive performance. Some great goals from De Bruyne midweek. I did see a few comments from him about COVID. Uh, I think it's hit him hard and he's still feeling the effects of that. He was saying, uh, you know, when he's when he's doing sprints and stuff like that, he said his, his body is still not 100% after COVID. So that is slightly worrying. But the main reason why I don't think I'll be buying Kevin De Bruyne anytime soon is I still think there's so much better value in the Manchester City midfield. You've got Foden, Bernardo Silva, if he's fit, Gundogan. I think all three of those are better value than KDB, but it is good to have another option now to consider from the Manchester City attack. So he's on the watch list, but I think I'm more likely to buy Foden than I am to buy Kevin De Bruyne this week. And final player added, even though he doesn't have a fixture this week, Armando Brogia from Southampton. Great goal midweek, got an assist as well. Obviously injury issues with Che Adams and Adam Armstrong now, so Brogia a little bit more secure. So it's quite frustrating actually that Southampton don't play this weekend because I think a lot of people would have went to Brogia from the likes of Antonio, Josh King and Dennis. So when it comes to my transfer section, I'm going to mention him again because I'm actually tempted to bring him in anyway, even though he doesn't have a fixture just to fund a different move uh, for a minus four, which sounds wrong when you say it, but you'll understand when I talk about it later. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. 
This episode is supported by Season 3 of FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League 2 after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League 1? FX is welcome to Wrexham. Catch all new episodes Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. Moving on now to the questions from Twitter. Thanks as always for sending them in. I think there was about 150 questions and about 140 of them were, do we play the free hit chip this week? So I will cover that. Question from Captain FPL. With the current situation, would you use any free transfers? I currently have two to try and get as many players out as possible. Or should we roll them for whenever things become a little bit clearer? So yeah, I think... If you've got whether you've got one free transfer or two free transfers this week, I think if you're struggling to get eleven players on the pitch, you should just use them. Uh, I think it's very much a case of now, long term planning is out the window, and you just play the game week that's in front of you because that's all we can do because we don't know what's going to happen. We don't even know what's going to happen on on Saturday and Sunday after the deadline. Never mind what's going to happen with the Boxing Day fixtures, which is a full week after that. So if you've got one free transfer or two free transfers and you're struggling to get 11 players out, I would just use them, whether it's one or two, and just get as many players on the pitch as possible, even if it means you know getting a 12th player as well to have a good sub for the weekend. So yeah, I would use up the free transfers to get your team as strong as possible because who knows what's going to happen. You know, there's talk of a, a potential break for a couple of weeks. It doesn't look like it's going to happen, but who knows if things continue to get worse, they're going to have no choice but to you know, postpone the league for a couple of weeks. So just play this game week and just don't really think ahead, you know. So yeah, use your transfers, get your team as strong as possible for game week 18 and we'll tackle game week 19 when it comes. Question from Sean Henderson. Would you or are you considering free hits? How many blank games would it take for you to play a free hit? As it stands now, I've got nine players that are not flagged with one free transfer to use. So yeah, Overall, my thoughts on free hit are that it's not a good idea to use it. Now, there will be teams where you can make a case for it. You know, there's probably teams that are, you know, in a dire situation that might only have three or four players this week. Uh, I think if you've if you're under six or under five players at the moment, maybe with just one free transfer, then yes, I would be thinking about it. But any more than that, if you've got seven, eight, nine, I think you just write it out, even if it means taking a hit or two this week. With the free hit, the way I look at it, even if you play free hit this week, you could play your free hit. You could get three City players, three Liverpool, three Chelsea. All you need is one of them games to be postponed after the FPL deadline. And your free hit is a bit of a waste because then you're down to nine or ten players anyway, like everyone else. So thinking ahead to the second half of the season, we're going to have double game weeks. There could even be triple game weeks the way things are going. So, you know, you've got to think, do I play my free hit this week in a defensive way to try and basically score the same as everyone else? Or do I play my free hit in the second half of the season when lots of teams have double game weeks where I could score if things go well, 150 points in a single game week. So for me, I wouldn't be using a free hit this week unless your team is an absolute mess. Most people are in the same boat this week. Most of us are struggling to get 11 players. Obviously, some are better off than others. But even if you are 
not in a good scenario. You know, as long as you've got the key assets, you've probably got a few Liverpool, a few Chelsea, a few Man City anyway. So you've got the key players from those teams. You're going to have a good captain in Salah anyway. So free hit for me is not a play this week. So yeah, I would hold on to it until the second half of the season. And Sean is in a good position. He's got nine players, one free transfer. That's not a good position to be in. That's a brilliant position to be in because there's going to be people out there with five or six players this week. So you're already at an advantage. So there's no need to play the free hit. I've got 10 players. One of them is Bernardo Silva. If he's okay, I've got 10 and I've got a free transfer. So I can get to 11 without taking hits, which is an amazing position to be in. So for me, absolutely no consideration to play the free hit chip this week. Question from Kevin. How many hits are worth taking to field 11 players? So yeah, hits is another topic this week. Now, when it comes to hits, there's a lot of factors. First of all, how many players are you looking at at the moment? If you're like me and you've got 10 players, you don't need to take hits really. If you're someone who's got five or six players, it's much easier to take hits because if you're replacing a player who's not got a game with someone who does have a game, it's not really a minus four, it's more of a minus two. So less of a risk take there um, but that's not to say you you could just play this game week with six or seven players and avoid the hits if you're a you know a risk averse manager like I am the most important thing about hits this week is it depends who you're taking them for and I think there's a lot of there's a lot of teams with good fixtures good teams with good fixtures and there's some other decent FPL assets as well that have have okay fixtures so I would be quite comfortable taking hits this week for now selling players that don't have a game for a Man City player, a Liverpool player, a Chelsea player. So you're talking about your usual suspects at City, Cancelo, even Diaz, you know, uh, Foden, Gundogan, KDB, Liverpool, Jota, Salah, Trent, Robertson, Chelsea, the wingbacks, Rüdiger, Mason Mount. So all of those totally fine to take a minus four for because they're not just for one game week. They should serve you well in the long term as well. Arsenal have a good fixture against Leeds, so I'd be quite happy to take a minus four for players like Martinelli, Saka. Um, Not sure about a defender, but I think their midfielders are okay for a minus four. Again, if you're selling someone who doesn't have a fixture. Ollie Watkins has a good game against Burnley, so if you're selling Antonio, Josh King to try and get to 11 players, I think that's fine as well. And Rafinha just about makes it in here as well as a minus four because, again, I see Rafinha not as just a one-week transfer. If you take a minus four for Rafinha, you're probably going to keep him for the long term. So he should pay you back over over that period. So yeah, depends who you're selling and it depends who you're getting. Those teams and players that I mentioned, totally fine to take a hit for assets from those teams this week. The thing to remember as well with free hits and taking minus fours, you've got to consider that games can still get cancelled. So you could take a minus four for, let's say, take a minus four to get Martinelli and Ollie Watkins this week. Deadline comes, Arsenal game gets postponed, and then straight away your minus four is is down the toilet. So keep that in mind as well. You've got to kind of assess what your attitude is towards risk this game week. And if you're scared about more games getting cancelled, just don't take hits and just play with seven or eight players and, and just, just hope for the best. Like I say, if you've got the key picks from the big teams and you've got a good captain, the damage shouldn't be too bad. Question from FPL Cody. What's the best strategy for getting through a COVID-filled winter? Should we diversify assets across more teams, fewer double-ups and triple-ups? It seems risky, but potentially smart given 
the random cancellation. So yeah, I put an article together for The Athletic this week, which will go on the website later today, was which was basically tackling this, you know, how do we cope with COVID in FPL over the next couple of game weeks. So a couple of points from that. First of all, late transfers. Make your transfers as late as possible. If you can be online five or ten minutes before the deadline, that is the time to make your transfers now. I know that's not possible for people, you know, people in certain parts of the world, like Australia and stuff. It's it's a little bit unfair. You know, you have to wake up at at a stupid time during the night to to make late transfers. But if you're a, if you're a hardcore FPL manager, I know plenty of you do that. So if you can be online close to deadline, that's when to make your transfers. Forget about team value now, it doesn't matter. Information is the most important thing, given how quickly things are changing. Also, pick your vice-captain very, very carefully. We're probably all going to be on Captain Salah again this weekend. Vice-captain, if you're captain in Salah, don't vice-captain a Liverpool player. Don't vice-captain a player from the team that Liverpool are playing, because if that game goes, you're without a captain. So, vice-captain, I think you should... Your vice-captain should be a player on the day of the FPL deadline, as close to the deadline as possible. So midweek, that was Manchester City and Aston Villa. That's why people, vice-captain Bernardo Silva and Ollie Watkins. On Saturday, Aston Villa game is one and a half hours after the deadline. So I think Ollie Watkins is a very good vice-captain this week as well. Um, So for me, it'll be Salah captain, Ollie Watkins vice-captain, rather than Salah captain, Jota vice-captain spread the funds as well you know I've been doing this for quite a while now and, and it's it's benefited me I got my green arrow last week I'm probably going to get a green arrow this week famous last words but I've got 10 players in a free transfer and and one of the reasons for that is because my cash is spread around my squad all the postponements hit me and I was I wasn't hit as hard as others because I've got a full playing bench of pretty good options my bench before the postponements this week my bench was going to be Rafinha uh, Josh King and Leveramento. So that tells you why I haven't been hit as hard. It could be a good idea now as well to have two playing goalkeepers, but it's quite a low priority. I think most people are going to be struggling just to get 11 players out. So most transfers this week are going to be for outfield players. If it gets to a point in a few weeks where you've got a strong squad and you've got a strong bench and you've got a luxury transfer, maybe you get yourself a second goalkeeper, but that, that is a pretty low priority, I think. I've noted down here as well, bank a transfer if possible, uh, but that's almost impossible at the moment, given how few games we have. Again, if we get back to nine or ten games per game week in the near future, and if you've got a strong ten or eleven players, always consider banking your transfer for the future chaos. I don't think too many people will be banking this week, though, because you want to get eleven players out, like I mentioned. And finally, resist the temptation to play chips. And uh, that goes for the free hits. Obviously, it goes for bench boost because we don't really have a bench at the moment. And triple captain as well. You know, I, I know a few people triple captain Salah. And I was I was kind of glad to see him come off early because I, I'd said last week I wouldn't do it because there's always a chance that Salah gets a rest in December, whether it's on the bench or whether it's an early substitution. So obviously the vice captain, sorry, the triple captainship wasn't hugely successful for Salah in the last game week. Again, keep your, keep your chips for the second half of the season. If you're someone who still has the first wild card, obviously you have to use it pretty soon. So you could, I think you could consider playing it this week, but it's extremely hard because things keep changing. So I think if I still had the first wild card, even if your team's a mess this week, you don't know what's going to happen uh, for the Boxing Day fixtures. So you, you could wild card a great team this week, and then it could be a total mess for, for Game Week 19. So 
I'm trying to think now. Yeah, I think the, the first wildcard has to be played. I think it's before the game week 20 deadline. Go double check that because I don't have it noted down in front of me. So you obviously have to play it very soon. But I probably would hold it until the last minute. Uh, the last game week where you can play it. Just to have as much information as possible. Question from Andy, FPL Teach Mode. Do we try and keep some blanking players due to future double game weeks? You've got to keep that in mind as well. You know, Don't just sell a player without giving it any thought just because he doesn't have a game this week because obviously if he doesn't have a game this week he's going to have a double game week at some point and we don't know when they'll be but they could come according to Mr Ben Crellin on Twitter who you should all be following now for you know updates on what the double game weeks might look like they could come early in the new year so double game weeks for certain players could come before too long. So, you know, let's say let's say you bench Antonio this week, he doesn't play. He could have a double game week at some point in January or February. So, you know, you lose a game this week, but you gain one later. You know, you can look at it like that as well. So yeah, always keep that in mind if you're selling players this week. You know, if if it's a if if you've got a player and you've had them for a long time and, and you think they're really good assets and you want to keep them for the long term just keep them this week even if it means playing 10 instead of 11 you know you don't really want to sell players that you're going to want back because that's too valuable free transfers if there's a player you want to keep for the long term if they don't have a fixture this week just keep them take it on the chin and then you know enjoy having them back hopefully on boxing day then Uh, obviously fixtures are very important for that Uh, i'll talk about antonio in that case in a second i think it's actually the next question yeah question from fpl yogi is antonio to watkins now the most no-brainer transfer in history. So before you look into the, the fixtures, you would say yes, because we've been looking for an excuse to sell Antonio for weeks and weeks now. Watkins did the business last game week and he plays Burnley this week. So feels like a decent time to buy Watkins, although he does have Chelsea the week after. The thing about Antonio is, even though he's done nothing for me for a lifetime, I still have faith in him for the long term. Uh, no fixture this week. So another blank guaranteed. But then after it, for West Ham, Southampton, Watford, Crystal Palace and Leeds. So I like those four fixtures and maybe the rest will do Antonio good. And not just Antonio, maybe the rest will do West Ham good because they've been disappointing recently. Uh, David Moyes has been very, very frustrated and I'm sure he'll be giving them a kick up the ass during this break. So Antonio for me is probably going to stay mainly because I want to focus my transfer in midfield for a certain Manchester City midfielder, but also because the fixtures are good. I think the rest will do West Ham and Antonio good. Now, if you're in a scenario where you're happy with your midfield and you're happy with your defence, Antonio to Watkins is a good transfer because you can always get Antonio back later and Watkins looks good for the weekend. So yeah, Antonio to Watkins, I think it's going to be very popular. Uh, But in certain scenarios, I think a lot of people will keep Antonio like my own the Flying Dutchman asks, is it still worth getting Mason Mounts, given that he's one of the few players still playing? Yeah, I really like Mason Mount as an option now. Uh, I watched the Chelsea game Thursday night, and even before Mason Mount got his goal, he looked like the most likely goal scorer for Chelsea. Popping up in great positions, had plenty of chances. Pickford made one very good save in particular to that, deny him, basically 1v1 close to goal. So I think... Mason Mount, very good option now for for that reason. He passed the eye test. Four goals in four games. Fixtures are okay as well. It's Wolves, Aston Villa, Brighton. Most importantly, though, quite a few Chelsea attackers have tested positive for COVID. Uh, The likes of Lukaku, uh, Timo Werner. So Mason Mount is much more secure in the Chelsea starting eleven. Obviously, 
as long as he doesn't catch COVID himself. So yeah, Mason Mount, very good player to bring in this week. FPL Mario asks, is Kevin De Bruyne worth a punt? Kind of covered that already. Still slightly concerned about his overall fitness levels and will he start every game? And the main thing is, I think there's better value. I prefer Foden, uh, prefer Gundogan, although Gundogan's got his own niggles as well. I think he's carrying a back injury or something like that. So yeah, De Bruyne, I think a lot of people who maybe sold Ronaldo that last week or who are selling Ronaldo this week will use the cash to go for Kevin De Bruyne. And it's fine. I think it could work out. You know, I mean, having Kevin De Bruyne as a differential, they don't get much better than that. So good luck if you go for him. And hopefully he does get more minutes over the next couple of games. But for me, I'm going to target the cheaper Manchester City midfielders. Question from Benno. Who are the best replacements for Livramento this week? So yeah, I think people will use this week to sell him. He hasn't been getting many points and he doesn't have a fixture. So, you know, choosing a replacement is tricky because there is only five games. So I think you've got to look at probably Aston Villa or Arsenal for a Livramento replacement, unless you've got lots of cash in the bank for the the bigger guys. So Matty Cash, I think, is the best Aston Villa defender to go for heavily involved in their attack and play and at Arsenal you've got quite a few options Ben White is the boring safe option Tommy Asu also boring and safe but maybe a little bit more exciting than Ben White because he gets forwards and Tierney then if you're the risky manager and you're looking for the upside I think Tierney is the one to go for personally I'm a boring safe manager so I'd probably buy Ben White but if you're feeling risky go for Kieran Tierney. So yeah, I think it's I think it's fine to sell Livramento. It's one of my potential transfer routes on Saturday uh, to get Phil Foden is, is to sell Livramento. Final question is from Luke. And there was quite a few similar questions to this one. So I wanted to include it and I wanted to share my views on it. Luke said, what's the point? It feels like what you do, you're damned if you do or if you're, you're damned if you don't. That is a, that's a mouthful. It feels like what you do, you're damned if you do or damned if you don't. Thanks, Luke, for for making me try and spit that one out. So yeah, overall, a lot of people disillusioned with the game, very frustrated. What's the point playing this game when all it brings is pain and frustration and headaches? You've got to go back to the, to the core principles of why we play this game, why you play this game in the first place, whenever it was, whether you're new this year or whether you've been playing it for 10 years. We play this game for enjoyment. We enjoy the Premier League. FPL adds extra to it. It gives us an escape from life. And nowadays in particular, gives us an escape from a pandemic. So we've got to be grateful that the games are on. We all remember what it was like going back two years ago when the Premier League took a pause for a couple of months and we had nothing to do at the weekends. Be grateful that the games are on, even if there's only a few of them. Be grateful that we have FPL to play. And remember, you know, it's, it's a game. It should be fun. If it's if it's if it's annoying you, if it's frustrating you, take a step back and and take the take the measures you need to to enjoy it again. If it's really annoying you, just stop playing. Come back next season when hopefully things are a little bit more normal. That's always an option as well. But yeah, you know it's you know some people are getting hit harder than others by the postponements. But the way I look at it is you've got to you know just take the cards that you're dealt, embrace the challenge. You've got two options. You can you can sit and moan about it or you can embrace it and make the best of it as you can. Uh, so yeah, just take take on the challenge, you know, do the best you can and hopefully, you know, just survive the next couple of game weeks and hopefully when January comes, things will calm down and we'll go back to normal game weeks. So yeah, just perspective folks, you know, there's there's people there's people dying out there and there's people extremely ill with covid. So don't be moaning about a fantasy game. Um, you know, and, and just just try and enjoy it. That's that's the main that's the main tip I think from this podcast today.
Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Game week 18 captaincy again. I think it's a short conversation. I had quite a few options listed here when I was preparing the podcast yesterday, but then all the games got postponed and it wiped out a few captaincy options. Salah is away to Tottenham. I think he is the best captain because he just gets points every week, not overthink it. The Manchester City fixture does look very attractive though against Newcastle. And I think a lot of people will be tempted to go for the likes of Phil Foden for the armband this week and it could pay off but I just think with Salah you know he's you're always pretty sure he's going to start we don't know what Tottenham are going to be like after their COVID issues they could be missing quite a few key players in that game so yeah Salah captain for me and I'm probably going to vice captain Watkins for the reasons that I mentioned earlier because he plays close to the deadline in terms of transfers for game week 18 I'm just going to read through my notes here I've got one free transfer I currently have 10 players, which is great. Bernardo is flagged though, so I need to see what Pep says there. Before the postponements, I was considering Bernardo to Foden, which I think a lot of people would have been considering, but the postponements kind of change that now. You're kind of forced to sell a player who doesn't have a fixture instead of selling Bernardo for Foden. So options, Bowen to Foden, and that would mean I need to free up 0.5 million from somewhere. So two options for that would be Liveramento to Amarty, who's a 3.8 million cheapest defender in the game, or Josh King to Gelhart at Leeds, who is a 4.6 million forward. Instead of Gelhart, I could go for Broya, even though he doesn't have a fixture this week. So to get Foden, basically I need a minus four, unless I sell Bernardo directly for Foden. If there's doubts over Bernardo's fitness. Uh, another option, I could just sell Bowen to get Gundogan for free. Uh, I'm going to keep Antonio and I think I'm going to keep King. Basically because there's no forward options really available this week. I've already got Watkins. Apart from that, you know, Watford don't have a fixture. Broya doesn't have a fixture. So yeah, I'm looking at basically my priority is to get Phil Foden somehow. Even if it's a minus four. So that will bring me to 11 players as well. So don't mind taking a minus four for Foden. So I'll see what Pep says about Bernardo in the press conference. And I'm going to leave my transfers until about five minutes before the deadline to see if there's anything new. Best of luck for the weekend, folks. And I'll talk to you again on Tuesday ahead of the Boxing Day fixtures, which is the halfway point in the season. If you enjoy the podcast and would like to support me as a full-time FPL content creator, check out patreon.com forward slash FPL general. Thanks for listening. Have a smashing weekend and I'll talk to you next week. The Athletic. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.